to Level Sync, a Final Fantasy XI podcast with your hosts, DA Soccer, Caladrius, Lost Time Lord, and Quetch. Hello and welcome to Level Sync podcast. Uh, we are actually on episode six, which is phenomenal to me because these are bi-weekly episodes and we are just keeping on top of everything that is happening in the Horizon world. And uh, with our interview with Eric on episode four, with our episode five, with us just catching up with everything that's been going on in the world, we are taking a little bit of a step back because a lot of people are starting to get wrapped up with Zealart missions, with their uh, Chains of Promethea, with being able to get towards that in-game, and with little discussions that were uh, dropped in about the TO uh, treasures coming down the pipes, who knows in the future, we wanted to be able to take a kind of a recap back of the history of the Vanadil project um, with everything that has happened over the 20 plus years that we've actually had this game. So be before we get started with introducing our guests, I want to introduce the regular crew here. We got our local paladin uh, slash bard, Cal. Yeah, how's it going? We got our main thief, Quetch. What's up, y'all? I was, I was thinking you were going to do just the peace sign like I did on last episode. <laughs> and we got LTL, Lost Time Lord, our future blue mage, but current summoner with his wonderful carbuncle and its uh, amazing abilities from last episode. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm always a blue mage. I'm not a future blue mage. My blue mage, my heart is wears the blue mage AF. So that's, that's just how that is. You're going to style lock that bad boy as soon as you get it. Already style locked. <laughs> Perfect. So also, our guest today is Funkworks. You may know him from his streams. You have pulled up a, a page that he has created on the BG Wiki. He is kind of the back-end scene of the Final Fantasy community on here. But I uh, definitely wanted to bring him in because there's nobody more knowledgeable about the history of Vanadil and the project that has actually been undertaken of the uh, full expansion of the game and where it's come from and how it's developed. Funk. Nice to finally uh, hop and get you in a chat, man. How you doing? Yeah, I've been doing good. Uh, thank you for having me. I remember back before you guys started, this DA hit me up. He's like, hey, what's going on? Can I talk to you for a minute? I'm like, oh, God, what's up now? <laughs> <laughs> you, you gave me a little call, and you will ask me to be a guest in a future episode. So I'm happy to be here. So I do thank you guys very much. And when we got this up and running, you were one of the first people. I was like, man, he, there's nobody more knowledgeable about Vanadil than I know of Funk. Um, especially with all you do currently. Um, and I mean, it's been in the past currently, the updates, everything that rolls down the pipes, but we'll dive into all of that. I, I do want to start off and be able to talk about just kind of your background and your history before we dive more into you would be, where did you start on Final Fantasy XI? Uh, where did your beginnings, where did the original funk come from? So I've, I vividly remember starting Final Fantasy XI in, in the summer of 2004. It was right before Chains of Promethea came out. And I do remember seeing the commercials on TV. I uh, see the guy on, on the hill right, looking over to Amnesia. Like, oh, man, that's so, it looks so cool. You can play with other people. Because my first Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy X. I think that was U2 DA, I want to say. Yeah. So, I, I love 10. I love 10. I was a 7 guy, but 10 was... 7, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 10 was my first one. I remember seeing Titus in Walmart on that cover. I had to get that. <laughs> So after I played through 10 a couple of times, I'm like, oh, what's that? What's next one? What's what's next? So along came 11. And I do, I did, I think to myself, oh, I have to start school pretty soon. I can't play Chains of Promethea. What's going to happen now? 
So I did end up studying right before it came out. So I want to say it was September 2004. And then uh, school started soon after that. Um, luckily, I didn't have enough time on my hands because I was homeschooled. So I could uh, basically set our own schedule. So that worked out really well for me, playing the game and getting too addicted to it at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you were PlayStation 2 or were you PC? I was PC. But I do remember I had a 32-inch old TV in my room in my room where I was playing, and I did hook up my my PC to my my TV because I thought that was cool at the time. You know, oh, I'm getting the biggest screen possible. Um, I, along came the Xbox 360. I did pick up the game, a copy of that game of 11 for the 360, and I remember it being just a lake fest compared to the PC because I had a pretty high-end PC at the time. And I also wanted to try it on the PS2, but I'm like, oh, this is pixel as hell. I can't do this. So I ended up sticking with PC, even though I did own copies for the PS2 and Xbox 360. What uh, what what jobs did you play? Like, what was your what 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 did you get into the game with? So initially, so it all started with the Brady Games Guide. I'm sure most of you all out there also the Brady Games Guide, <laughs> the original OG one. I was flipping through the pages and like, oh, this armor looks awesome. It was the Iron Musketeer armor from <laughs> Juno. All the guard, get guards in there had it. So I'm like, oh, I want to be a paladin. So I started off as a Galka warrior. I had my first link shell. It was a Galka only link shell. It's called the Galka Fist. I got <laughs> recruited to that because I was leveling in Lathian Plateau. Along came a Galka named Inari. He was a samurai. He was like, hey, you have a link shell? I was just a little old noob at the time, even though I did start in Bastok. But somehow, I, w- I ended up walking to Juno because in the intro movie, you see Tanasia there. And I thought that was Juno at the time. Yeah, exactly. The, the little tiny little. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to see Juno. And I remember Inari called it Wayno. I'm like, what the hell is Wayno? Like, I've never heard <laughs> that before. Um, so I ended up walking to Wayno when I was a level 13 warrior Ooh. and set my home point there. I got stuck there. I was successful getting there. I didn't die. But this was before I knew Quadab's aggro to sound. I always thought they were sight. But I was lucky enough to not get aggro and die walking from Bastok to Wayno. <laughs> so I ended up making it my way there. I started with a friend of mine. And I did want to make sure that I could get my skills up to date. So I ended up being the bad friend and leaving him behind because he didn't play as much as I did. Um, story of our lives though but he wanted him to be a dark knight and at the time I wanted to say I was still the warrior like I mentioned he was I think he started as a white mage but we both walked to Juno together and we sat stuck there but we also wanted to explore the world so from there we went to Windurst and we didn't make it because you can walk on those little pathways and you can follow the road basically in the champagne and in the pathways and mountains so we didn't make it to Winders, and we were able to level up. We took the boat back to Selbina in the Dunes, and we got our levels there. But after that, we did end up making our way to Sandoria from there. So that's where I was in the Latin Plateau. I was soloing at the time. That's where I got my first link shell for the Galka Fist. Nice. Galka. That's more yeah. stories, though. But it, yeah, I started out as Paladin, or Warrior, then Paladin. And naturally, I went to Bard. Galka Bard, represent. Um, I wanted Bard because I wanted to level and get merits for my Paladin. So I basically leveled and we always hit up the King Rampier's Tomb monk parties. 
back in the you know the secret yep. room where strange apparatus was i got mm-hmm. to pulling there uh, we did have a few summoner burn parties there as well with uh two hours and such that was pretty fun um there's also in the Colorado Tunnel where you just pull the whole zone, you just two R it and blast them all away. I'm lucky enough to get in there, even though they didn't really need Bard, but I had some connections, I suppose, back then. But also, at least the man has good taste. He's a Galka. Galka, oh, yeah. oh, there we go. Paladin Bard. He's literally Bard. You, Sounds Cal. familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so also I went up to Sky and we're doing uh, Ninja Burn parties in the weapons in the shrine. No. Not sure if you guys do that on Horizon or not, but it definitely was a thing on retail. People do. Out. They do merit there. I'm I'm sure ninjas do go there. It's 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 a place for merits. Oh, so to go along with that, stun katanas were popular as well. So basically, I leveled alchemy because they were a popular craft in alchemy. So I got my alchemy up to 100, and I was just making bank in those stun katanas, and then we shoot up plus ones. Uh, so that also went hand in hand with my first part of the game is Bard, Paladin, and Alchemy, pretty much. You know, I was just thinking about the Mamushido plus one today because I I also do Alchemy um, on Horizon. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, on Horizon, I'm I'm a hundred. I was just thinking about those today. I'm wondering, does anybody use these? It would be worth me trying to do some HQs, but uh, I that I'll have to look because I, I had forgotten they um and like there was like stun people use the stun daggers back in the day too, right? Anybody remember? Yeah, there's the Kukris. Yes. They were popular. I think there was an ingredient that was hard to find, so I didn't really make those as much because mm-hmm. the katanas were just cheap as hell to make. They are, yep. Buddy of mine just finished leveling to 91 on them uh, today, actually. Well, you better get out there and make those before this <laughs> video is out because yeah. it will be out, kind of like DA's hey, gush bop. I, I do the editing, and I'm the one who posts it on Mondays, so hopefully... <laughs> <laughs> well, you have control over that. Get in on the market, Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's there's a new there's a new thing. It's no longer Gelsma that I'm sick and tired of. It's it's Gideus. We'll we'll dive into that part. Uh, <laughs> uh, with those early days, uh, and what did you call Juno again? How did you pronounce that? It was Inari pronounced it Wayno. 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 Because the J is silent. I'm gonna have to work that into the, my somehow... the most Spanish pronunciation of freaking Juno <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> Somehow the E and the U are switched as well in the JS Silent, so go figure. No way, no. Um, so with the, those early days and that trip down memory lane, what are some of the things that you missed during that content of the era, the the early days that you were playing? Because let's be honest, Horizon is just Zlart and Chains of Promethea. So those days of the early stuff and not as many expansions that have come out and all the um, additional crafting and the zones and the merit parties and everything that it's really just the core for Horizon right now. What are some of the things that you miss of those early days uh, since you're still playing retail and the game's changed over the past two decades? So my fondest memory from back then was probably running through COP with my static. Um, I was at the Galka Paladin before the MP buff. It was tough, let me tell you. We didn't even have enough MP to cast rays at level 50. So I remember eating those apple pies like crazy. Just get those MP. Um, but running through the missions was definitely amazing. Uh, I leveled Paladin quickly to 75 because it was my first 75, like I mentioned. Uh, but we basically, my static and I were going through the missions. We were one of the first groups, NA groups anyway, I know of, overall to go through missions and such. We weren't the first. We weren't doing all the world first or anything like that, but 
it was before any guides were out that we know of, all Japanese guides. It was before um, Eresia's guide came out. I'm not sure if you guys remember that one. Um, he made a very thorough guide and COP. Everyone used to follow it before the wikis came out. But we discovered lots of different things as far as where to go, um, people, NPCs to talk to, and paths to follow, and strategies for the fights. But I'd have to say that is one of my fondest memories. But I do have a few more. You saw uh, Cal over here cry in Galka just a moment ago when yeah. you were talking about a raise. Uh, Cal, why is that? 185 part? MP with dual astral rings at 69. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, know, I know your pain. It's one MP a level. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, but meanwhile, we had lots of HP. Yeah, I got 1500 HP. Dick with two C's. <laughs> <laughs> With um with the um the past that you actually have on here, we've been talking about again uh, the kind of growth we've had through uh, Final Fantasy XI and Vanna Deal. Um, you've been working on a project recently, not just doing things for the patches that roll out and the data mining for the community to be able to look into stuff, but you're talking about uh, or I'm talking about the uh, the development history of Vanna Deal. Tell me a little bit about that, if you don't mind. How did that get started and why? So I first started the project, it was inspiration from Elmer the Pointy. I'm not sure if you guys know the name, if a bunch of old school people might, if, or if you can frequent in BG, you might recognize the name. Um, he disappeared from Final Fantasy in around 2011. I'm probably, I'm pretty sure he went to 14 or something. Uh, I just got lots of interest in 11. But he had a version of the history of the game on jpbutton.com. That's also another meme website back that then. That rings uh, a bell. Yeah. I get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> so the meme is is actually, is actually a picture out there somewhere. I'm thinking if you search JP button on BG, it'll come up. I but remember this a Photoshop now. picture of the little menu over on the left side. And one of the little options, you know, it's disengage items, call for help, whatever. One of those options is JP button. And it goes over to the right. And it says claim. Um, claim and <laughs> Claim and M, yeah, a bunch of little things. So basically, it's the meme itself is like JP7 advantage because of where they're at in the world and they have less lag than us, pretty much. And they always get everything they want back then, anyway. So that's this website, anyway. And the website itself was focused around the Japanese community and getting opinions of them and what they thought of the NA players and what they thought of the game and updates and such because there really wasn't any connection between the English players and Japanese players back then. This big disconnect, you know, JP Ornery and the search comments, and they wouldn't invite you because of communication issues. But he was his mission was basically to put an end to that stigma of that what we had up back then towards us and that we had towards them and they had towards us. Um, but for good reason, though. I mean, if you look read through the history pages, which we'll talk about here in a bit, that when NA was first released, they didn't want merge servers. They wanted JP only servers and NA only servers, you know. Um they wanted to, they just wanted to keep within themselves and have their own community with the game because they were out for almost a year before probably even more than a year, I'm not too sure on the dates, before NA came along. And they just basically they saw it as a bunch of noobs coming in, ruining their game, um, dying to monsters, losing uh losing the regions to beastmen because if you get signet and go die level one, Beastmen take over eventually. So like Ronfar and 
uh, Saruda and Gustaberg were all Beastman controlled for quite a long time when the game first came out in America. Uh, so that's what Elmer's job, or nice job, his passion basically was, is to help this help us all re- reconnect with each other and realize that we'd all have a common interest in Final Fantasy XI. But what he first had on his website was a very lacking version of what it was like back then and what the updates entailed when the game first came out in 2002 up until NA release and beyond because most people didn't catch on and start playing until like Promathia, like myself. Mm-hmm. There wasn't very many NA. There's like hardly anybody import the game. Not many NA. I mean, if you import it, you basically knew how to read Japanese pretty much because it wasn't in English yet. And you had to have a Japanese accountant to even play. So Ooh. his first initial project was covering like 2002, 2004, and only minimal information was in there, not at all conclusive, maybe like 10 entries per year, so maybe a total of 30 different entries. But I saw this, I'm like, wait, I wanted to make sure this history was preserved, and I wanted to make sure people, after the game's offline, can know what happened to us back then and what we went through. And I always remember seeing the threads, like on Auction House and Alakazam and Reddit even, asking about the good old days and what did I miss? You know, I wish I could have played this back in 2004. What, what, what was it like back then? How, tell me some stories and this and that. So after reading that in multiple threads, I'm like, something has to be done. It has to be like a common resource and a common destination to go see these things and see what people are talking about. So that's what made me want to retell the story that even I missed because I started in 04, so I missed two years, basically. And even before that, up to launch, I missed all that. Because we didn't have YouTube back then. That was, what, 2007, maybe? 2008-ish? Back in my so, day. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Rever, I think, was the only video of her hosting service. Uh, yeah, so that's basically the gist of why I wanted to do this. Can, can I just set up a little bit for the Horizon players here? Because I, I think this is really interesting, and I, I, I think there's it. a lot of uh, cool stuff here. So um, it, this is it's currently hosted on BG Wiki, correct? Your History of Anadeal project? Yes, and currently I am working on a layout to have my own website. So it's ffxihistory.com. Uh, so if you go there, it basically redirects to BG for now. But eventually I want to get it off of there because it's so limited in the in the website design and what I can do with it on the wiki itself. Okay, so there there's something I often um, have conversations with Horizon players about. You know, just little things like, you know, at what date was a certain patch where a certain you know, aspect of the game was added. For example, I was browsing through your History of Anadale project and I saw when they added EXP bonus to Signets, just as like a, a page from like 2000 something. And I know it's often topic of conversation is like what is in era and what is what is out for the current time period we're, we're in. So for Horizon players who are listening, um, you should definitely check this project out. I think you could probably click just about any page and, you know, just really absorb some of the information that Funk has kind of like laid out um, in such a really absorbable, um, easy to, to read kind of way. And it's, it's just really cool. So um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of set the stage as to what people might expect to see if they were to go to the website and how they'd find that. We'll definitely have the links in the description as well yes. for all of it. So we're going to make sure we have that in there because this is something I definitely want to have more eyes on for the history of the Vendadil. So you've been working on it since you said 2004, or that's, I know you said that's roughly when you started. Is that the same time you kind of got the passion about being able to get this up and running? Oh, no, I started the actual project in 2017. I started mm. playing the game in 2004. Um, I was editing it in secret at first, 
and initially it's one long page like it's never ending scrolling like we have today like you go to a website and just scroll and scroll but it, too many resources were used because of the way the wiki works and the software so it was lagging like hell i don't like there's no way i can keep going like this so i i've been breaking up into different years instead when I eventually i make a website it's probably going to be by year and haven't really figured it out yet but i have a few ideas in mind i do want to do a search i do want to steal se's little project they have kind of like the idea as far as clicking a link you can tweet and link back to that certain article in their in the history page because right now there's no easy way to link a certain date unless you basically have to control mm -hmm. f and search the whole thing mm -hmm. but i do want to have easy to link to articles and maybe collapsible articles because i did notice some of the entries are very monotonous like the events of every year like the sword festival and that that kind of thing so i do have plans to revamp the layout and i don't i saw i think it was uh, well, it was one streamer. I'm not sure who it was, but they were basically reading it, and I was watching them read it. I'm like, wait a minute, they have to scroll up to look at the right column. That's kind of silly. So I'm going to do away with the left and right columns. So eventually, it'll look a lot better. But like I said, at first it was 2017 I started working on this. Um, but in 2017, they, as he made the one of the events, I think it was the 15th anniversary, and it was some kind of event that they brought back the Moon Ball is the item in the game it oh, it's first like a dome was, it's like a dome on a base is that that one it's uh, a furnishing i'm not sure okay i think it, it looked kind of like a moki like a moki like a little treat thing okay but they basically used it in uh, an event called chasing the white rabbit and that was back in 2002 and when they, they suddenly put the item back in the game in 2017 people were like wait what the hell is this thing you know this has been around forever and what's this for but I ended up linking the Moonball page to the history page on the event that it was that they had back in the day. And people were like, oh, what's this history page? Oh, wow. So a player named Kylos shared it on Auction House. And initially, it, the post just took off. And there was like 40 likes or something crazy like that. So I ended up replying to it and said, oh, yeah, by the way, surprise, I've been working on this project. I was going to really initially release it all at once. But mm -hmm. and not even done now as it is, so I'm, I'm glad that never happened because it still wouldn't be released. So instead, I've just been doing year by year. I admittedly wanted to be further along at this point in time, like maybe to 2016, but life happens, you know. So right now, I've been working on 2014. I'm hoping to get that out by the end of June, so next month. By the time this is released, it'll be it'll be June, but end of this month uh, for 2014 at least. Being in 2014, what do you what what expansion what most recent one have you actually come across in 2014 just to kind of get us retail players that have played in the past where your kind of thought processes or where you're in the timeline so it would be secrets of adeline so okay. secrets of adeline came out in 2013 so mm -hmm. lo and behold it is 10 years old this year which is crazy to think about so i'm just getting past delve at the moment which was Definitely a shit show on its own. Uh, you can read 2013, it's already released, but with the whole um, relic weapons being nerfed and then basically delve weapons were better than relic weapons at the time, mm -hmm. or ultimate weapons. I'm sure if you guys are playing then you'd know about that. But it's basically one of the memes was do not throw it away, please, because high tier battlefields weren't released when delve was released. So there's a period uh, in time where relic weapons were just worthless and people could not use them because they all wanted delve weapons and item levels for relics did not exist yet. So it was a very bad thing that SE did in their 
uh, timeline of the game and how they wanted to evolve the game. Now it's great, you know, but back then, they definitely should have thought about it before and made sure relic weapons were upgradable at the same time Dell was released. And I think a lot of players would still be playing back, or more would be playing now, but a lot of play, a lot less players would have quit back then because 14 came out at that point in time, around the same time anyway. And a lot of people just said, oh, screw this, I'm not going to, I worked my butt off for this relic and now it's worthless, I'm not going to play this game anymore. So that's definitely a reason why I think the population dwindled in the early 2010s. Gotcha. Um, again, we keep coming back to the Horizon side of things because again, Horizon's only you know six months or so old on here, and obviously you have been you're in Seekers. It's been quite a project, and I guarantee from the from what I've felt when you're developing the history of Vendidil Project, you were like, all right, let's get all the info info out. But as you dove into it, you realized how many more things that you didn't commonly know. Is there a certain part of lore or history or the development process? Um, that you personally wanted to be able to either give a shout out or something directly towards or your favorite part of lore i should say with Vanadil. i have a bunch here so one thing i want to mention is it also covers real life events i had no idea back then young kid as i was that oh they had fan fests they had fan gatherings back then and like oh dang that's pretty cool so i also made sure to include all the real life events and representation of final fantasy 11 at the gaming conventions like e3 and um all the other like video game awards back then um i do remember wanted to share something about this and kind of jumping the gun a little bit here on the timeline but the first time we saw ltu they were showing off the graphics in c at an AM, i think it's an amd convention uh, showing off new graphics cards. This is the first time we ever saw what C looked like. And we didn't even know about this. I mean, we had no way of communicating this with each other. So it's pretty cool that right when before, I think it was, was early 2004. So before COP came out, they're showing off in the fidelity of a graphics card by using Final Fantasy XI. Um, a couple of other things. So for Zillar, first we'll talk about um, as, as a as my personal experience, I did make an event on Alakazam to run through all the Zealot missions in one day with an alliance. So I sat there recruiting 18 people to go out and do all the Zealot missions in one long marathon, one Saturday of one day. So <laughs> you can all imagine how it went, and not very well. So by the end of the day, <laughs> we were down to almost one party. Um, <laughs> most of the time. Started with 18. I think we even had more than 18, actually, because I figured, okay, we're going to lose some people anyway. Let's, let's go ahead and get eight, more than 18. So it must have been like 24 people or so. I guess you can all imagine where we lost most of the people were if it's Cauldron going through there, it's thinking invisible with the monuments. That was just hell. Um, nope. I remember having to go back for some people and people would drop at the wrong spot and they just said, oh, screw this and died and left and logged out because of frustration and rage quit. <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, I think it was about a party of us made it to sky because we're down to the bcs you know we had i think we did run a couple of bcs twice or a couple of fights twice or something i'm not too sure anymore but we ended up making it and i think it was this it us maybe i want to say about 26 hours to do the whole thing all in one run Damn. that was definitely one of my <laughs> fondest moments yeah so i mean there's still i mean on horizon man the ifrit's cauldron 
Um, what else? We had a low man group when we did the um, the one in Yoator. There's the headstone there, the pilgrimage headstone. We we had too few people and we got wiped. Uh, luckily, there were people fishing nearby and they came over and raised us. Like, yeah, even 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 on on Horizon, it's still like a a, a thing. You gotta like you gotta focus. You gotta have the right groups. It's it's a ton of fun. I've ran through Ifrit's Cauldron three times. <laughs> First time for my group, second time to grab somebody else through, and third time to grab another guy and have him go through it. It's been fantastic. I love it. I sense sarcasm. Yeah, it was not up. fantastic. <laughs> and you only had to worry about how many people instead of a full alliance? Like six. Okay. <laughs> it's the drop downs, man. Don't, don't forget about the quicksand caves. I imagine Horizon, one gawk could open those doors, right? Is that what yeah. it still is? Yeah, three. There we go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you make like, sure yeah, <laughs> That was a shit back then. As Galka, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I can open this for you. <laughs> so I could go back and get everybody else and push him through, basically. Just slash sit on the, on, yeah, on exactly. the stone. <laughs> um, for that being kind of your memory uh, trail on here, what about the, uh, with Zealart missions, um, the development process on the Final Fantasy uh, on Square Enix's side of the Zealart missions? So what have you come across? Have you found anything specific or anything relative or you're like, hey, I did not know that for the development process as ZM? Uh, there are a few facts here I wrote down. I wanted to make sure I shared with you guys. One is not is more known, I suppose, than before. But back then, ninjutsu used to ninjutsu used to have a longer casting time. So Utsusemuni cast it took eight seconds to cast, and they changed that to one point five seconds. So they basically made their own ninja tank, and that not many people know that that's how it was back then. But eight seconds. The, it was eight seconds to cast Utsusemuni. That's the, longer than short, Ichi, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it's it was longer than Ichi, Ichi right? Yes. That's interesting. I yep. guess they thought they're giving you an extra shadow, right? Was it an extra shadow? Or wait, a ninja main? Yeah, it's, it's four um, shadows not, instead of three. A ninja main, I'm not sure. It makes sense if it was, but you know, better, better spell, longer casting time. Makes sense, right? That's all it is for everything else. Mm -hmm. But back then, tools were hard to find, and it was more expensive than Ranger to play Ninja. So it didn't quite take off at the time that they changed that. They're hoping it would be more make Ninja more useful because it was basically like early Zillart Summoner was just not very good. I mean, they just they just came out. People didn't have avatars. It was hard to get people to fight because they needed the fame. No one could help with the fight because they needed the fame. Mm -hmm. And uh, just forget about the low low tier mission level 20 caps those are hard as hell back then they went after they introduced them but yeah it's definitely one of the little known things ltl another one i'm sure did you do the 20 oh, caps ahead. in era ltl i did they were like if you were gonna win like you had to go in there with your two hour you needed meds you needed like Yagudo drinks and like vial elixir if you could get your hands on it i mean you probably couldn't but high ether was like the thing you could probably get, and uh, you might not even win. You couldn't go in on the uh, the avatar's day, like if it was different, you couldn't go in on fire's day, or you just get stomped. Um, and uh, yeah, it was really difficult. Like Horizon has trivialized those fights, but Era, those were absolutely bonkers. They were really hard to win. 
or did you remember the uh, the day, the weather that you're talking about going in on the same days? I don't remember much of Summoner, but I do remember that you go on the same day, you might as well just chill and wait or yeah. go ahead and leave and re redo it because you're mm -hmm. going to just get absolutely wrecked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously Horizon wanted to make all the jobs accessible to people, so that's why they kind of like toned down the level 20 versions. You know, it's, it's sort of it's sort of interesting how we get to kind of draw from 11's um, mistakes and like for future patches they made to kind of create job balance and kind of like take the best parts of those things and kind of re-give them to players like in the sort of era envelope. Um, I personally didn't do the level 20 fights. I just did the, the high levels with, uh, uh, you know, other people and got, made a group out of it. Um, yeah, working on Summoner now. It's level 21. Oh, we know. I never touched Summoner <laughs> in 20 years of play. It's because you're a call guy. And this is why you fail. I was a human oh. retail. Thank you. Oh. oh, oh, Funk, are you still Galka? I... I'm still Galka, yeah. I have okay. my OG character still. Oh, sick. I was going to say, doing? I just recently did those cap fights on retail. I also added the pages in BG because there's like no information about them because I wanted my mastery rank up. And I'm not sure if you anybody out there doesn't know what this is. It's basically a rank to show how much EP and status you have, how many titles you have, how many things in the game you've completed. So because it's technically a quest, and technically it's in your quest log, I completed them, so I had that locked on my belt, basically. And it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be now anymore. I'm sure back then it was, like you guys said, it was difficult to tell. But with all the upgrades you have these days, you can't use trust now in mm -hmm. the retail, of course, because level cap. Mm -hmm. But if you have meds, I got like vile elixirs, I got everything loaded up like crazy. Um, the key basically is to cut it like crazy, stick your avatars out, and make sure you have good timing. Um, it, but it still isn't a walk in the park anymore. Awesome. You got uh, another Zlart mission one or a ZM for the development? Because that yep, eight so second, I... uh, that eight second shadow threw me off. That that really <laughs> took me back on there from eight seconds to one point five. That's a major just change on that. I did not know that. Oh yeah. I have at least, looks like four more. Next big oh. one is the Rusty Cap synthesis into Pata Caps. Uh, so basically, back then, uh, the primary way to make gill was fishing. Uh, that's why, yeah, probably right now. And, it's pretty uh, good. Well, it's, yeah. yeah, it's um, that, I'm sure they probably fixed this because this was back in Zillart, so you what, 2006 era, so they must have fixed this anyway. But one of the main ways is to fish up rusty caps and make them into padded caps and NPC the padded cap and that introduced guild into the economy because you're generating guild from NPC you're not just switching it between characters. Uh, so fish botting, what was the JP is called it sleep fishing because basically people would put the characters there and go to sleep any mm -hmm. times of the day and AFK and whatever else. And Rabao was the popular zone for this. So at any given time, in every world, you'd see 50 or more players fishing on a little pond in Rabao, just AFK mm. fishing up pad caps. So the log would just scroll, person fix up fish, fish up pad caps. This is before um, alternate accounts and like dummy accounts were made. So this was, these are main characters fishing back then. So you had all different kinds of levels and races and characters all decked out fishing all the time. Because the, their friends told friends, you know, and it kind of stuck in the community. Uh, so they all were pulled and playing rusty caps because the rest of the fish, they just basically 
lost the catch or didn't purposely did not fish it up because it was a waste of time because pad caps were so much more money. Uh, so and also there's no threat of monsters attacking you because out in the field you had stuff wander over and attack you. You could just AFK and no worries about dying and home porting. Didn't have to watch your screen either. But also the synthesis required light clusters or light, light crystals. The price of these clusters skyrocketed and people were farming sky like crazy in these clusters. That's the most common area to get them is the island and sky, right? Because there's no weather and they're always, they're always up. Because light crystals are hard to come by as well for monsters if you have signet. So clusters were the way to go and the prices were just astronomical. But the caps were nerfed in the September 14th, 2004 update. Uh, they did this by the probability of catching the curiosity caps decreased and the NPC sale also got reduced. It was still done. It was just less popular. You just didn't see as many people. People were like, oh, that was a waste of time. Now I'm going to move on. But the botters, the hardcore botters were still there. But not until March 2007 did they change the NPC amount to one gill. And they also changed the ingredients to for the pad cap. So it was like bronze or something now instead. So the rusty caps weren't even used anymore. So you basically NPC mm. them to, for one gill and they're worthless. That basically was the final nail in the coffin for that one. Uh, there were stories of players who made enough gill by fishing up these padded cap, uh, rusty caps and the padded caps. They basically capped the goldsmithing and smithing to max levels. Jeez. Even capped the, even capped the character's gill with rusty caps alone. <laughs> what? I guess botting, man. And then you just bought the synths, too. And we want to say yep. that botting is definitely disencouraged on Horizon, and they make the band waves come through. We, you saw the yeah. most oh, recent... Yeah. Uh, they said they bought, uh, hit 300 counts recently with it. So yeah. do not do not do that. The the price of those caps is nerfed here too. It's not worth your time. But it is. Uh, is is it one of, gill? I don't think it's one gill. For the rusty cap. For the for the. That's uh, 2007, oh, the rusty cap I think might be one gill, but the padded cap that it makes, I don't think is worth. I I don't know the exact numbers, but I know that that's one of the things that have been nerfed, like holy water, for example, which got a similar nerf treatment later on. Oh yeah, I love the holy water back with alchemists. Oh yeah, we were alchemists. That's right. I I was I yeah. got to do the holy water for a while before uh, that that nerf hit myself. Hmm. <laughs> it was a lot of gill, man. I forget what the original value was because right now it's like one forty three on Horizon. I think it was like five hundred or something back then before the nerf. Yeah, um, I forget. It's something I should add to this to my history, though. It's hard to find some of this stuff. You know, it's hard to find these resources and. I I can't tell you how much scrounging I had to do back, especially back then. Right now, I'm running into the problem where Discord is going to come by soon, so I'm running out of forum threads to look at for his for history mm. facts, you know, because Discord's hard as hell to search. You know, I don't want to go back and search months and pages and pages of millions of text messages for that. So it's going to be more difficult. Huh. I have uh, three more fun facts to share with Zillard if you want. Oh, three more! Wow, Zillard. Three more. Yeah, come on. Okay, well, I guess it's four. So to go along with the fishing, I know I'm talking like crazy here. I'm basically the one-man show. I'm sorry, guys. I don't mean no, to be... you have info. That's the reason why. For the Zealart missions, that's exactly where we're at in Horizon. Zealart and Chains of Promethea. Because any of these that haven't been uh, patched for Horizon or changed or any of this stuff, in, it's it's just a history lesson of uh, Vanadiel. Because there's a lot of people on Horizon that didn't play uh retail or a lot of people that are like this is my opportunity to get a first time experience so the whole motivation you had with pulling a history lesson out this is good for them to know where some of these things came from and why some of these changes occurred 
So yeah, knock it out. Yeah. Here another. This is this is totally inconclusive. So there's a whole lot more fun facts. These are just the ones I picked out that I liked the most. So I do highly recommend you reading through everything. But next one I have up is up until the Zillow era, or a certain patch. I forget which where I pulled this from. But moving while activating an item would cause it to be consumed with no effect. So if you accidentally was were walking along and used like a scroll, it was gone. Mm-hmm. Screw that. It just like paralyzed, you know. Paralyze was an issue, but this is just if you're moved. So if you act you know how you activate a warp ring or whatever in retail and you move to make it stop because you don't want to warp? This is just yeah. it's the trudge consumed. No more. It's, it's gone. Oh. Okay. Mm, that so would basically off pretty quick. <laughs> oh yeah. Would that I, be that I, with I, charges I, as well, like a warp cauldron? Yeah, it, to anything that you well, lost the charge. The warp well. cudgels were after this because the warp cudgels don't forget those were CRP because those used yes. anima, which they came use... from Chromivian. Okay. Yeah. So this this is before warp cudgels were introduced. But we're talking scroll of Utsusemini. We're talking scroll of erase. Those kinds of things. Those would just basically be gone <laughs> if you moved while you were using it. Silent oil. Silent oil. Yeah. Oh. Oh. That's costly, but my gill. <laughs> That's exactly. Oh no! Well, um, the silent oil wouldn't piss me off as much as going to use knee and just accidentally <laughs> tapping something and it's gone. So on, on Horizon, that brings up a question I have. At some point in Final Fantasy, they changed it so sneak and invisible are long durations. Do you have like the five second sneaks still over there? Yeah, they were out after get, five seconds. You can get less than a minute, or you can get. I think the minimum is one minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a cast or okay. a, 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 a using one of the consumables, um, but I've not seen it pop up for less than one, less than one minute. Yeah, um, I think on Nasomi, I think people were talking about that you could get like thirty seconds uh, sneaks or like ten second sneaks. I've heard people talking about that, but no, Horizon doesn't have that, fortunately. Yeah, it's an RNG. It's it's pretty much between like a minute and change to like you'll get the occasional five minute and you'll see it t- t- tick down to four. So something like right above five, somewhere in that range. Even as Is spoils with too. Spell? Both. Both. Because I do remember back then the the items were more reliable, let's say. But I do remember the days the, no one has sneak and invisible because they're so expensive for the powders and oils. So the white mage had to sneak everybody. Right after they cast sneak, sneak starts to wear off. We got a so buddy. Like five second sneaks. We got a buddy who's a red mage like in our group in our ecstatics that we do, and we we call him the sneak mage. <laughs> and and the black mage in our group, it's the travel mage, <laughs> escaping us everywhere, warping us everywhere. I'm happy that it's not Horizon. Isn't that? I think uh, they did bring over and actually make it what is I would say comfortable, because well, a lot of that stuff would be just absolute garbage nowadays. Yeah, for sure. Uh, with that change to no longer losing the item. They also that's when they add the delay when using items. So you know when you're sitting there grabbing your ass trying to find trying to use your uh, rings or whatever it is, that's that's where that came from. That's why they have that for some items now. So it became but the another double edged sword, even though you don't lose the item, medicines hardly had any use because you know if you ever played out in the Final Fantasy, medicines were amazing. You know, all the mm-hmm. potions you had, they're just lifesavers. But that's why it's so different in Eleven because of this. One of these changes is one of the main reasons. Hmm. Cool. So that is the last I had of Zillard. 
All right. That is that is rough. You imagine doing that Ifrit's cauldron run with five second sneaks all the time? Oh yeah. I would I would <laughs> never do it. That's what would happen. I'd just rage quit. Yep. That's what happened to me. People rage quit. That's why you started with like 20 people though, because you're gonna phase them out. And if they can't <laughs> deal with the five second sneak and viz through Ifrit's cauldron, then I mean they're never gonna make it in game. <laughs> I mean, to to be fair, I didn't know what I was up against back then. I'm like, oh, this is BSP. Because like, hey, I have everything listed here. I have a million. I have I'm a computer, my laptop over here. I have all these things pulled, all the resources pulled up. I know exactly where I'm going, what I'm doing, like all the maps. This would be awesome. This would be a breeze. But no, not quite. Um. So how about COP then? What uh, what did you discover as you did your work in that sort of era, that expansion and and its releases? So before we get into that, I have a couple of stories from my character I'd like to share, if you guys don't mind. Sure. Go for it. So one of the things I remember from back then is all the areas that were locked behind the missions, like Reverend B01, Reverend A01, Sacrarium, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Um, it was definitely a treat to have access to those. And because they were locked behind the missions, even Luface Meadows, because people had to do Promevians, you know, people, everyone couldn't get there. And it's just such a treat to be there. And that's this is why peop, the JP community was, like, was asking for more places to level because leveling was a big part of the game for them. And to get level 75 was basically them in, the, in lots of players' minds winning, winning the game. And they were looking for more places to level. But because of all these level caps and because everything was locked behind missions, it really was not what they wanted for an expansion. And the, a, lot, a lot of JP people were players were very disappointed in the expansion. One good thing about the expansion was, little known fact, uh, this is a bonus one, I didn't have this written down, I just thought of it, that the entire expansion, except, except for after COP 8.1, it was all released day one when COP came out. You didn't have to wait for these updates like we had to do now for every expansion after COP. You go through every single mission up until you can get C day one. If you really wanted to, but obviously that didn't ha- happen because of the difficulty. But that's not after that. It, it was lots of criticism for uh, Treasure of Ergen when it came out because there's hardly any missions. People were like, why would you release an incomplete game? Kind of like how we have these days. The games are all they come all, all glitched to hell, hell, and all these horrible game stopping save messing up glitches were just all present. Now it's basically coming full circle now. So. That's something that we took for granted uh, back when COP was released because no one could do it. So they just sat there forever. And as he closely monitored the situation and saw how difficult they were, and they slowly made difficulty easier. Something to think about that most people didn't realize. Huh. Yeah, I remember jumping into the promies kind of kind of soon after release, and that's that's not necessarily a far mission in, but I don't remember ever like waiting after that. Just when I could get groups to do the the next missions, right? Yeah, so their development philosophy was when the game was first released, the storyline through COP was already completed. So they already knew what they're going to do with this. So that's why we had level 25, I think it's 25 or 30 cap promies. And then we slowly had level 30, 30, level 40, 50 progressed all the way up. That's why it was like that, basically. That's something to think about as well. Well, COP is definitely, I would say, the, the more of a struggle fest on there. And with it being, you saying dropping all the way to eight one immediately out the gates, I do see where 
it could be you could do it but it's it's too incredibly difficult to be able to go through all of it at once on this uh so i like how they paced it afterward i do like the pacing and they're talking at horizon about maybe doing that for treasures in the future as well a little bit of treasures here a little bit of treasures there and kind of pace it outward but they're also yeah. just like what sc was back in the day monitoring the situation of people's progress through zlart and cop before they even dive into the treasure side of things so it's 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 there but the eyes are on the front end and that's why we wanted to be able to bring you in and talk about the front end kind of things with the zlart missions and cop I do think it's a good idea that they release it a little bit at a time because you don't want to give everybody everything. You know, they could do the missions all at once. There's no reason really not to, honestly. But the content like salvage and assault and assault ranks, those can be slow. Like if people, yep. let's spread people out instead of, because everyone's going to go for salvage, you know. People at least have more things to do if they spread it out a little more than just release everything at once. Because it makes more sense to do that. I like that development process on there. A couple of my fond memories I have from the COP era I wrote here. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but Bard Mazurka, the hate generation on that. I, I was looking not. at that page on, on the History of Anadeel before, before this. Yeah. Because that is nerfed on Horizon. That's good. They nerfed it. But basically, it was a ridiculous. I don't know how much enmity it is. We did not know like CE and VE values back then. But it was a ridiculous amount. The more people you hit with Mazurka, the more hate you got. It was stronger than any kind of ninja or ninja paladin, anything. So nin bard ninja, basically. I was bard ninja, uh, and I was taking worms. I had my fire set for Tiamat. I was up there with the ninjas. I, I was like a main tank. Like if I died, get me back on weekend. I'll take it to get hit after like one berserker, basically. So that was a definitely a fond memory of mine. Uh, that was right when after level bard and I got all the bard gear. I remember. I loved the Byako Sadate over Ninja, and that was some drama that day, let me tell you, because I only had Bard and Paladin level. What do you think, LTL, the next, uh, next Tiamat? I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what... Uh, what's, t what's Tiamat? Whenever, I don't know, I don't know when the next one is, but whenever that is... I mean, I don't... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> definitely not in about 27 minutes. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. So basically, Mazurka was hitting like a benediction. It was like basically, a, yes. And the more people the, you hit, the better. So if, you pal if your tank party just conglomerated on top of you, you're hitting six people, including yourself. So that was, uh, I want to say it was probably seven, six or seven provokes is one Mazurka. And you could do this every, well, it depends on your haste. You could do it probably every 40, 45 seconds. Holy shit. <laughs> yep. So just cure bomb the bard. Don't, don't matter how much hate you get, you're not going to get hate taken off of and come, come kill you. It's going to stand that bard. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. So Horizon's done a couple of nerfs. They've, they've nerfed some things like uh, Blind doesn't generate as much enmity, enmity as it did in Era. Mazurka doesn't. And also, there's like an overall nerf to Utsusemi in general, where it basically, uh, the cast and recast time are longer than they were in Era. Um, and they, they just wanted to make sure not to have the, you know, X slash Nin tank be better than the main tanks in the game, like Paladin, um, you know, or even Ninja main then, uh, cause in era there was everything right. You t I, I, I had heard there was a Bard slash Ninja thing, but also like Red Mage slash Ninja was huge, you know, yeah. all that fast cast, um, you know, being able to get those shadows out very quickly. So they've kind of used that, utilized those nerfs to kind of like 
shape the game into more its traditional form of these are the tanks, um, you know, the bard is the bard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, those things were never intended in the first place. So it's right. a good thing. It's a good thing they avoided using those back to the way they were. They were. You just thought I quit tanking when I switched to bard. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, slash bard is now your new end light <laughs> spell since they got rid of or got rid of the anonymity generation on end light. How long did that uh, bard? Uh, our time frame last with the Mazurka. Well, at first, it, at first wasn't known. You know, it mm -hmm. must have been a mistake they found it in the first place because because I'm pretty sure it was out for quite a while ever since implementation. I'm sure. I don't remember when it was nerfed. I do have a an entry on my history page and also pictures of me tanking worms right next to the nerf page. So it's I don't honestly not not sure, but I want to say 2006. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. I probably am wrong. Uh... I think I literally have the page here, but uh, but yeah, you have pictures of yourself tanking. Uh, yeah, tanking luckily worms. those weren't lost. Okay. Yep. So I have a picture. I have my picture on well, Jormungand and Vertra, or not Vertra, Jormungand and TMI. I couldn't do Vertra because of the strategy. If uh, if you want to hop in the level sync Discord at some point after this and and toss some pictures in, I'm sure people would appreciate. Oh yeah, we'll do. I'll do that. Perfect. A couple more memories I have, not related to Mazurka, but back then in general. I was in the Link Shell. I was playing on Sylph. That's my first server. I still am on Sylph now. I just jump around to Asura and uh, a couple other worlds, but now I'm still on Sylph. But I was in the Link Shell called Black Roses. Uh, the leader was notorious for hacking, basically. He loved all the third-party programs. Disclaimer, don't do this on Horizon. I'm just talking. We're talking about retail here. But his name is Crazy Pluto. Don't do that retail either. Don't do retail. There you go. This is, this is 2004, 2005. This is not present day. But one of the, the funny things he did, a couple of memories I have, is we're camp we all did all, all the three kings. I remember our first time going to Behemoth. Um, he, always, he was the one who did all, researched all these strategies and what we should do. Like He talked to us about Fafner and how tanks should be using the blink earring to blink the whole party, or no, to, blink, to blink themselves so they have shadows so they won't die. I'm not sure if the blink earring is popular and you, right at the moment on Horizon, but you basically it's the item you use and you get shadows. Um, anyways, when we were in Behemoth's Dominion, he hacked on top of the the walls and he was up there and he's like, "Oh, I found a lake over here," and "Oh, I found this and that," and people could see him up on top of the walls. Like if you were looking over there, people pointing to him and laughing at, between windows. It's just it's hilarious. But he did get reported a few times. I'm sure he's gotten his fair share of bans back then. I don't remember, <laughs> but uh. Another thing he did is uh, Akiran. You know, guys, do you have the random ass teleporter Akiran where you teleport to Kieran? You might teleport to the other other spot, or is it always to Kieran? No, here in the Horizon. It, it, I think Horizon. It can be either or. Um, either or. I, so. I, I'm, well, I mean, I'm. I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I may be talking out of my ass here, like because I've gone up there a few times and it's always taken me directly to Kieran. So it might, but I think I've heard tale of people getting sent to the other place so it might be actually uh era accurate i'm not sure so at some point in time i'm not sure when they basically changed it so you could either go to kieran or across the shrine so you had to keep going in and out of the shrine you could try hundreds of times or not hundreds let's say 10 or so times maybe the worst maybe 12 some people had horrible luck so you couldn't start kieran until your whole alliance got there it took at least two hours to gather 
uh, generously two hours to gather up and to be able to finally pop it. But we were sitting there waiting for our whole alliance to come through. He was sitting on his ass. He was an, an elven. You know how the elven sit with the arm up on their knee like a little smart ass? He was sitting there and he was POS hacking around. So he was like moving on his ass, scooting around like a dog would scoot around on the carpet and trying to clean up his ass. So it was just hilarious. And he's like, yeah, the only reason I do this is just because people get a laugh and this game shouldn't be serious and this and that. So it's a fond memory I'll never forget. It's a the, the, the smirk elven with his old hat, Ranger, sitting there, scooting around on his butt, waiting for everyone to put together for Kieran. Sounds like a Sandorian, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Sandorian. <laughs> Sticking <laughs> cool to Skyfall. Those are good days, though. All the Ulukumi camping and the... All, I think you guys just changed the diorite over there, right? Yes. That's what I saw. We're on diorite now. Yeah, yeah. Uli Kimi was, I mean, you know, you wait, you try to get the claim. I mean, luckily they had a system in play where the person who killed the, um, the what are those called? Golems? Are those golems? Yeah, the, uh, the golems that are up there. Yeah, yeah the person Aura who statue. killed it. The Aura statue. Yes, that mob. The person who killed it got claim on Uli if that was the statue, if that was the spawn, if that was your lottery spawn. Um, yeah. So. Sometime. <laughs> Not everything is perfect, you know, uh, glitch fest. <laughs> um, but uh, I, one time we were up there and we had, there was five of us and five of another Link Shell. And uh, I made a joke that we were playing Uli Ball because like we would try to get the claim that was on their side. Like it's their goal. You know, the Aura statues, they, they spawn in like kind of zones. And it was like playing zone defense because it's like, okay, we think it's going to spawn over there next. So we need three claimers over there. And it was just, uh, it was a lot of fun before the diorite, but obviously still aggravating. Any kind of kings or sky or anything like that. Yeah. Quetch and LTL are the uh, ones to talk to on that. We, we, Cal and myself haven't gotten there quite just yet. We're, we're making progress to it, but yeah, I, I can't wait to be able to see some of those that you're talking about. The basketball zone defense. That sounds like <laughs> modern day blitzfall. <laughs> Do you, can you hide behind the net and have the other team just freak out and not score at all? We need Keepa. Where's Keepa? Jack's kick and, and you win. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> One more story I have about before I continue on here. All right, all right. Um, so back in the day, you know, where I was all totally in the end game, we're camping TMN. My buddy Techie, he was my fellow Gawka Paladin in Lake Shell. Uh, TMN popped. It was 3.30 a.m. on a weekday. So naturally, I was sleeping. And as a whole, was the rest of the Link Shell, you know. Anyways, uh, young fifth, what, 15 year old self, whatever, back then, I didn't have a cell phone at, in 2006, 2007. So I shared my house phone number because our Link Shell had a bunch of phone numbers to call uh, in case an emergency, which emergencies back then, you know, worm spawn, come kill it. So, Techie. He called my house phone. My mom answered. <laughs> and he's like, uh, is Funk there? <laughs> and she was like, what? And he's like, because he didn't know my real name. He said, is Funk there? I want to talk to him. She said, wrong number. Don't ever call back here again. And hung up on him. <laughs> so he was embarrassed as hell after that. He would not call me anymore. I had to get my own cell phone. Uh, so needless to say, we didn't kill TM at that night. But I did wake up at some point after that, and I did get on to, to kill it because he must messaged me on, I think it was um, Trillion was the thing back then with the AOL um, AIM and something else all together in one ICQ. 
yeah, Trillion is the, it was a bomb. So yeah, we got a nine and we did kill it. But yeah, sharing house phone numbers and calling up people's parents at 3.30 a.m. was definitely a 2006-era story that threw in the books. We're talking about the uh, development history of Fanta Deal. And uh, by the way, just when you said the sharing the phone numbers, Cal smiled because he just got mine. He got my digits just recently on there, and he's been <laughs> harassing me, sending pictures <laughs> of Gideus because we've been camping in, in him there lately. Um, but the development uh, history of Vanadil, uh, talking about the Zealar missions and Chains of Remithian, but um, I know that's been a passion project. But you keep bringing up BG Wiki. Are there any other things that you've done, or what's your involvement with BG Wiki? Uh, so I am involved in all aspects of the BG team. Uh, so it's basically all major decisions that were to be made for what we should do, focus on, and things we should do. Like just recently, we started dark mode. Um, I wasn't really too keen on that. I thought it was too much work. Um, but one of the other team leaders were is basically hanging up and letting him do his thing. So I've, it's a very requested feature was dark mode. And uh, it's going along pretty well. So if you basically register an account, you can go under your settings in the top right. If you log in, you can go to preferences and change it to the dark theme. Because before, basically, well, we have our browser extensions to mock a dark theme. Uh, you know how people have Discord dark and light these days, phones dark and light. That's one of the recent projects we've been working on. Um, I tend to take on large projects. Uh, one of the recent things I've done, I'd have to say, would be to... I'm going through the job pages because we updated the software to a new version. So our formatting basically was quasi formatting because we got left with a big mess basically it, because BG wasn't started until 2008, I want to say, but it's another story all in its own. But a lot of the projects that we had to be doing because basically all the pages were hard coded. So I'm not sure if people are familiar with HTML development at all, but all the colors were basically on each page. So if we, we didn't have any kind of CSS, which is basically the, the rules that tell a page well, how to display it. And everything is hard-coded. So we had to go through every single page. And that's what we're doing now is changing things to be mobile-friendly. So if you pull up on a phone, it flexes correctly and doesn't, isn't all stretched out. So you don't have to do like a horizontal scroll. And we're also making sure that things look nice based on the theme you have. So if you go up and pull dark mode, for instance, and switch back and forth, it switches to light and dark. Because before, when we first implemented dark mode, lots of things were white because they're hard-coded in the page. That's why we always were against it on going in and actually doing this project. But it's been lots of work. And uh, props to Positron for doing all this, most of this work on heavy lifting on all of this project for us. But for my role, I tend to mostly do update days, uh, all the version updates, which basically, uh, last one from what we've seen, or pretty much will be this last week. Uh, there's not going to be much. We're basically going to maintenance mode. We probably will have a few new events, like we'll have master trials and such. But I, I now I streamed updates, and we just bullshit around and talk about the changes and what we expect and uh, hopes and dreams for the future. But it's basically my role in BG itself. But I do tend to edit random pages. Uh, but mostly I focus on updates and new items and such. I do have a couple projects I want to work on more so, but updates are basically my cup of tea. Uh, how did you get started uh, working with the wiki? Like, what, um, 
what drew you to doing that, putting that effort in? So it was 2012. I quit the game in 2009. Like all of us, we always we all took our little breaks. 2009 was the end of Wings of the Goddess, and it was stagnant and boring. And uh, very before BC came out, basically. So I missed the whole level cap increase. I probably would have stopped playing at that point in time if I saw that. But I came back in late 2012. And my first big project, I was really into crafting when I came back because I wasn't into craft. I was in Alchemy before. And in 2014, they raised the cap to 110 for crafts it's from 100. So I was really big into crafting. I wanted to make sure I made money and I had a couple mules. Um, so I began by and BG by realizing that the synthesis recipes were incredibly lacking. Uh, so I, I started with the goldsmithing page. Like they had no recipes at all from 40 to 90. They had maybe, I'd say, 40 recipes total. And, you know, we have hundreds of recipes per craft. So I started by filling out those pages, uh, the main crafting pages. And after that, I, I moved the recipes over to the individual pages. So like if you look up uh, holy water, the recipe is there and how to make the holy water. I add all those into there. So I went item by item, line by line, and added all those recipes in there. And people, naturally, that's lots of edits. So the, the admins back then saw what I was doing. And they saw the contribute, contributions I was making. And, and eventually, I uh, was asked to have a further role in the development of the website. And I was, asking, I was being asked for opinions and such. And we kind of took off from there. So they reached out to you? They did reach out to me because if you go to recent history, you can mm -hmm. see the last few edits that were made and the, people, the people's names. And okay. back then, people hated BG because it was just an elitist asshole place to go, you know. And everyone had a vendetta against BGs. Lots of people were would go on and purposely uh, blank pages and remove data that and make it correct, incorrect on purpose because they wanted people to go to FX Encyclopedia because BG is trying to step in and go to a, a neutral role and such. And that's how BG was always hated. And I mean, back at one point in time, it was invite only to the forums. And people saw that as withholding information for, from the game. And that's mm -hmm. basically a stigma BG got. Because I'm sure people remember, some people might remember Big Kills back in BG. If you type in Big Kills in BG Wiki, it says, we're going to talk about Big Kills. Be kind of like Fight Club. Don't talk about Fight Club. I, it was basically, essentially. I don't know that meme. Know this was. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't <laughs> know that one. So, B, big kills was a list. Uh, you could set up your your link shell. It was, I think, it was unverified, or you could also verify your kill. You could basically say how many times you killed King Behemoth, how many times you killed Tiamat, how many times you killed Kieran, this and that. And if you verified your kill with like a screenshot or something like that, the drops. And you add the rankings. And it basically was like, you know how Final Fantasy Auction House has a ranking now? Essentially like that. Just just for EP and status. But it ran maybe for I'd say a few months on BG back in two thousand six ish, seven ish, something like that. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. One of my so first you, projects. It sounds really toxic. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah always toxic as hell. Yeah. That's just 11 back in the day, you know? It was just all out for yourself and didn't tell everybody else. As long as you got your items, still in all banks, screw it. So I should be keeping an eye on maybe my email or something like that because obviously the amazing work I did with the, the wiki page for the clamming, um, they're going to be reaching out to me anytime now. 
to be as involved as what you are. Is that what you're saying? Well, I don't you know. Yeah. If, if for the horizon, what you're talking about, cause I don't see anything on the retail climbing. It's still pretty <laughs> blank. If you ask me, I'm, I'm going to work on it. I, I like doing it. It was a trial and error experience on there, but I was like, as soon as I'm in there putting the docs in and changing the page and, uh, grabbing what I could and be able to kind of update it. I was like, this is a lot of fun. I need to hit up Funk and see what he's been up to. And speaking of what you've been up to on here, we're, we're talking about, you mentioned something about live streaming, like the dat, dat files or something. Do you mind kind of uh, explaining that or the process of what you do on, I believe it's Twitch, right? Yeah, so every update. So I started it back in 2010-ish, let's say. Septimus was a BG admin as and the forum as well as the wiki he was one of the founding admins in the wiki he developed so the original tools that we use that i use these today they're basically local files and you need to run apache on your home pc and you also all the files written php3 so these custom files we use they parse the dats basically you pull the information from the game after you get the update with pull utils it's a program made way back in 2000, I want to say, 2003, 2004, by a person named Pebbles. And it's been around ever since. Uh, Windower took it over, and they've basically, they've hardly been maintaining it at all. It's, it's barely functional. Um, so if pull utils is broken, which it is now, if, it ever, if they ever change the DAT format, pull utils will break, which will cause me to need to fix pull utils before. It's short for pull, play online utilities before I can mine the dance. So what the custom software does that we have is you copy and paste the data files from the dats into the program and it parses everything and spits it out in a text database-esque file and a TXT file pretty much with, uh, with brackets between each chunk of data. It's like you have, for instance, you have the singular name of an item, so Agus, the plural name Agus, well, it would be Agus. And you have like the flags, then you have the jobs it can use, the description, et cetera. And the utilities that we have reads that data and it spits out information that automatically can be used on the wiki. So it spits, it's basically you can copy and paste everything that it gives you and paste it into a file name on the wiki and automatically make the page. So that's how I can easily get these files up to date so quickly and upload these images because. When you also have these, the, the data in these files, the images are made. So it reads the files and it makes the images. Each letter and character on the image is an actual image file. So an A is the letter A as an image. So it puts all these images together and, and it mimics the look of the game itself, basically. And Septimus made these files back then in 2010-ish. So thanks to him, he really is the reason BG took off as much as it did because we had blank pages that were able to be edited in such a way. And if if we didn't have these in the automatic generation, there's no way BG would be what it is today. Uh, but since then, we've had different things add to the game. Um, the files are based like play, play online utilities is basically like barely functional and it's like a band-aid band-aids upon band-aids you know how it goes right i have a kitty in my face so <laughs> since 2010 and i got the files from him and i made additional changes to these images and to make 
the util the utilities we use still functional to this day. Uh -huh. Like I had to make the backgrounds larger because we have all the stats barf on these retail these days. Like we have strength and skills and all this crap. Yeah. Big, big long ones. Uh -huh. So I had to make I had to make custom images. That's how I made the watermark in the background because FFXI Cyclopedia was taking our images and using them over on their website. I was gonna ask that's you about the watermark all, and when that goes that's on. That's why BG has all the watermark on there because I was sick of that. I'm like, oh screw this. I'm just gonna regenerate all of our files. So I made all new files back. So basically it's the background. So it's all blank um blank images. So you have the icon the little gray box in the upper left for the icon. The rest okay. is just blank. Um so I made those larger. I incorporated the new icons, like I mentioned. Um, item levels weren't introduced back then. And that basically broke the dats because Polo Online Utilities did not know how to read the dats after item, item levels were introduced. So we had to go into Visual Studio Code and just go change Polo Online Utilities to make sure it worked again and read the dats properly. A superior level was not introduced back then. So I also added that to the dats and to the program. Like uh, RuneFancer and Geomancer weren't there. So I've been basically making this program work for all these years. And luckily, knock on wood, it hasn't broken yet for quite a while. Um, so that's basically the secrets behind how we get the information for BG pretty quickly. So and I have started streaming. Uh, I started streaming in 2018 and 2019. Because before then, I had some shitty DSL at my house. And at that point in time, the broadband project in here in Minnesota took off. And they started bringing broadband to rural areas. And that was, my town was luckily the, one of the first ones to get high speed, well, higher speed internet. Uh, so at that point in time, I could finally have decent upload to stream. So I started doing that. So a little bit of context, again, for Horizon players who have probably been to BG Wiki. Um, but, you know, there's players from all sorts of... Uh, you know, all sorts of places that come and play on this server. Um, so the streams that Funk runs, you're, you're, he's basically, as the Final Fantasy XI updates are coming to the current retail, scraping all of that new data that, that comes in and checking it for any new items, new, new, what, like new quest dialogue. Um, you're looking for all sorts yeah, like, of things. So you have general items, which is basically like, the crystals, not crystals, items in your inventory, like quest items mm. and synthesis materials, that kind of thing. You have usable items, which is like crystals, medicine. You also have armor, which is the wearable armor you use, and weapons, and also key items and new missions. Uh, we can look at the dialogue, which isn't much that we do with that in the wiki, but we just look, look through there for any, any kind of new hints and such of quests and missions. But essentially, those six things are what update on the wiki after each update. Yeah, and so and now... I've come to the, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I've come to the philosophy that if you build it, they will come. So if you build a blank page, someone will come along and edit it and fill in information. So I always make sure that all the blank, the voracious resurgence missions are all there blank, and someone will come along and edit it. So I'll, as long as you have the basics there, we BG is big enough these days that people will come and fill it out for you. Yeah, so this is really cool to me to to now I understand better because I've been to a, uh, you know a number of your streams as as somebody who had been playing retail for a while, and uh, it's kind of interesting that you're now you're using software to kind of generate those items and those things for people so you can populate the wiki quickly, 
So then people can get to either get to work working on pages or you just have the items up there that people are going to want to look at anyway. Um, and those, and, and those that is on Twitch. We'll have, um, obviously, for those of you who are watching this, there will be um, Funk's Twitch link uh, here on the screen, but it'll be linked down below as well if anybody's interested in that kind of thing. Uh, although we feel like it may be a little light because her, um, retail is kind of hitting. They just really, they just finished releasing a very large storyline, but uh, I'm sure you'll be able to catch Funk at some point um, streaming that kind of stuff if you have an interest in the technical aspects of uh, the way FF11 works. Yeah, we've been trying to keep the utilities basically uh, BG only. So it's I've been on stream. I've been trying to somewhat keep it under wraps, but updates are almost gone now. So that's why I wanted to talk a little bit more about it and just tell people how it works and just to learn how what it was. Because people ask me all the time, "How do you do this?" or "What's this?" One thing I was also going to say is to bypass the, you know, when you go, if you remember on retail, you go and into plan line and you can't click play because it's grayed out and it says can't play during maintenance right i'm sure we all were there and all those mm -hmm. weird ass chat rooms and play online like the yahoo chats back in the day uh so to skip over the whole play button because eventually it changes into a check version button mm -hmm. for retail to download the new files what you do before that is when you're in play online you can purposely delete a dat file so what i do is i delete uh, rom 00.dat and you click check version when you check conversion, it checks all your local files and it checks to see if you're missing a file. In my case, I was missing 0.dat. So that's how it pulled the information from the server before the check file button was up in plan line. So that's how I was able to get, and still on to this day, usually able to get the files before anybody else and get a head start and digging into them. I remember sitting in your stream multiple times when the servers were down and I'm just watching and waiting like he's going to have it. And I'm sitting here spamming, <laughs> trying to get the check version on there. And before mine even comes up, you're already posting all the new gear and the new backs from Ambuscade and everything that were coming out. And the the, uh, the I always got amazed by it because it was the new new and it was the first time seeing these items and i'd scroll through and look for any kind of dancer gear and i'm looking at it and be like oh that's pretty good or oh well that re it, it got me so excited because the dat files you would find before it's ever displayed anywhere so it felt like i had an inside track watching your stream for anything that's going to be on the wiki page or in the game before i even get into the game so that's the it, your streams held a special place for me so if you remember back in the day, if you logged out at a king during maintenance to go mm -hmm. camp it after the maintenance, if you logged in and people were already sitting there fighting it, you know what they did to get in there sooner before you. Oh. That makes more sense. Yeah, because this was always a thing ever since I can remember. Hmm. See, us PS2 know. players, man, we didn't, we didn't have any of that. <laughs> Claim Fafnir uh, once on Red Mage, man. Everybody was like, how'd you do it? I was like, ah, chain spell. <laughs> you got chain spell, yeah. <laughs> yeah so. um, I want to be able to kind of circle back on being able to say uh, or ask, do you have any other like little known facts with the COP or Zealart missions or anything of those uh, that we are currently in in the Horizon world? So I have, I would say, a couple, uh, five maybe. I'll try to make it a little quicker. Um, so September 22nd, 2004 is when COP was released. A little known fact is... The registration server, because when we bought the game, you got the little code, you know, the serial number that you had to enter on your, on your play online. 
uh, the registration server died again. It died back in Zillart when it was first released because everybody was trying to register their code. And the Japanese players called this the retry festival because you click, was click, click there and sit there and click retry, retry to re register your code. That's how the name came about. But it's kind of funny that they basically they made the same mistake as Zillart. You think they would somehow change it, and they are all they flabbergasted. Oh, how this happened? You know, this is news to us. It never happened before. And our servers are top of state of the state of the art. And how this happened? You know, so that's something that we tend to forget. Um, they also called it the Whoosh Festival because the the play online sound that would make the whooshing when you go between screens. So that's no name for it. Whoosh Festival. It's to retry and to type in your code. Um, so another glitch that I had that recurred from uh, Zillart was you could buy new area maps endlessly, the key items from the NPCs. So if you were to buy it, it'd give it to you, but it wouldn't disappear from the list. So you could go buy it again endless, endlessly. This is another thing that occurred in Zillart. So like, how could they make the same mistakes twice, more multiple mistakes between expansions? Who knows? One of the glitches that was out first released was you could go directly to Movalpos right when the COP was released. There's no storyline that was hidden. You could just walk in there from Gustavbird, basically. So a few days after the expansion went live, it was discovered that the Movalpos water was sold from an NPC for less than it was sold to a shop for. So players would flock to the flock to this NPC and buy the Movalpos water and turn around and resell it to the same NPC for more gill than they bought it for. So it's endless gill generation. Ooh. <laughs> so all you got to do is a couple of simple clicks. On the developer side at Squeenix, they, there was re repeated four system messages. Because you know how system messages, maintenance mm -hmm. soon or whatever. It said, unauthorized use of bugs may be subject to punishment. So the emergency maintenance on September 27th, which was five days afterwards, fixed the issue. So there's five real-life days where people were generating unlimited gill just by a couple of mouse clicks, pretty much. Although the exploit was discovered by mistake, players criticized Screenix, saying it was their own fault, like poor debugging, the poor responsiveness of the developers, and delay in solving the problem were all valid arguments people had. But the punishments were harsh. Like they were like bannings, and they just didn't take the gill away. They basically straight up banned people. Because uh, back, back when WoW was released, people, if a glitch was discovered in World of Warcraft, most of the time you just basically got your count rerolled back, or they took the items away from you. That just banned you. This carried over to the salvage bans, basically. The same thought of, same thought of mind. But that's as in the future for now, for Horizon anyway. Another NPC exploit. This is the more known one. Uh, this is also not very well known. So in Tabnasia, there's an exploit with NPCs Migrin and this is an elven name, Missiliu and Tabnasia Swayfold. Okay. It's NPCs, they sell the Baron gear, the Baron legs, hands, feet, and those subligers for 8 million gil. The Dragoon set. Yeah, the Dragoon set, yeah. Uh, so you yeah, basically had to be in CRP Chapter 4 or higher. So due to the mission difficulty, it took players quite a long time to find this glitch. And because it's be through the uh, you know, through, through uh, aqueducts, through lots of river and stuff to get there. So the sale price of these items were ridiculously high due to what developers called the for lore reasons. Because in the lore, player when you go to Tanasia, 
you're not supposed to have any, any visitors because it's supposed to be a secluded area in the game. So you got here through the Primevians, basically, through the updrafts. Mm-hmm. And Gil was incredibly valued to the, to the NPCs here. So that's why these things were sold for so high. The issue was, however, that NPCs would buy items back for more than they sold them for. So again, oh. the Bavalt Post Water issue. So if you had enough Gil to afford these items, um, you could, the, this earned basically 50,000 Gil per resale. If the buy initially, if you had the buy and get money, pull it back for 50k more. So, this ex, the exploit injected billions of gil into the economy in every server. By the time it was fixed, the damage was basically already done. Mm-hmm. So, it was known as the Baron exploit. It is widely believed that this is the reason for the 2005 2006 hyperinflation. Uh, so, like, Hobbersian plus one was 25 million gil, Scorpion Hires plus one was 22 million, Gold Ingot stacks were like 3 million, just ridiculous numbers like that. I was just complaining about a hobby being 1.7. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the NQ? Yeah. NQ, yeah. What's the plus one? I didn't even bother to look because I have 600K to my name. I'm not going to look at something even more I can't afford. <laughs> it's like it's six called, or seven million right now. It's called window shopping, dude. <laughs> I just want to look Can at the shoes. I just to look. Wasn't there some glitch issues on Horizon? For oh. Gil at all? There was sure. early on. It, there was early on, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you want specifics, uh, definitely. Uh, I have a, I have a video on it. it. It's more it's more fresh in my memory, you know, back then. But basically, uh, there was some. They were fishing infinitely, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And they were crafting. Desynthesis was giving one hundred percent success rate. Or 100% skill up rate or something. It was just, it was, there was a couple of glitches early on that people were abusing. Um, There was also the loot bat. The loot bat? Oh, I did see the loot bat, yes. Yeah. There was a bat. I had a picture of that somewhere. King Grandpa's tomb that would give you 30k every time you killed it. It was just a normal mob and a normal mob respawned. And just killing it gave you 30k, like for some reason. And people were, as you can imagine, (laughs) killing the hell out of loot bat. It was just a random, random mob. Yeah, so because they, they can, the the uh, basically in I I remember talking to like one of the devs about this. Basically, because the you got to think a mob like a single mob has its own mob ID. Mm-hmm. So that mob ID and whatever table it was in had a gill value, and that gill value for that particular mob ID was just really high when it shouldn't have been. You know, instead of you know three hundred thirty gill, it was like thirty k or whatever. Somebody moved to zero. Yeah. But it's a bat. Bats don't drop gill. Is that <laughs> oh, different, Horizon? Well, no, but I assume all mobs have a similar template, and it's just you would leave it out for bats no. normally, I guess. <laughs> so maybe like a goblin was supposed to drop it because there's goblins in the zone, but it's a bat because its IDs are sequential or something. Who knows? Yeah, right. Exactly. But it could be what you guys are suffering from right now because if you think about it, NPC-generated gill is how it happened in retail. It's just natural. It follows suit in Horizon as well. So it could be how some inflation is happening. I mean, there is a bit of inflation going on. Uh, Eric did mention it in our interview with him. He said there was more gill being added into the economy than he was comfortable with. Um, And I mean, I know a couple of crafts are sort of like there are money print synths that are happening. But I would say they're pretty commiserate with the time you spend actually sitting down and crafting. Um, It's not like... 
uh, over the top right now. I'm sure they are monitoring the situation. Um, yeah, I'm sure they are. But I mean, you still like the the price of the mats in the auction house versus the time it takes to synth. You know, you're maybe ending up with 40k an hour or something like that. Um, you know, maybe maybe a little more. So it is a thing, but it's definitely not to the extent that like some of those rusty items we're doing back in the day or OG holy waters. Like holy water here is a money synth. You can print it and sell it. I mean, you can synth it and sell it, and you'll make gill like light crystal plus you know um, distilled water. But like your time invested isn't worth. You could just be camping in an M or you know synthing things that matter. So it does exist, but uh, it's not a massive inflation. It's, at least it doesn't look like it from a crafter perspective. I do, yeah. I do remember that. So were you crafting at the time when that hyperinflation was going on? Because I know my alchemy was pretty darn high at the time. That I don't think that was, but I do remember okay. getting lucky at Eclaw because you remember the BCs, you get the KS30s, the Black Mages kill all the scorpions. Yeah. Okay. That was oh, probably ODS? my first big. Yes, Operation Desert Swarm. Yeah. That's probably my first big ticket item was the V Claw. I got like three back to backs and ridiculous. It sold for like 10 mil each. I shot it and it sold instantly. Jeez. That's like how most of the money to probably, I think, pretty sure I invested that in the Alchemy at that point. I'm always poor. <laughs> Do you have like Beastman Seals or Kindred stuff. Seals, EA? Uh, I got a few. Um, about 400 Beastman Seals I'm sitting on right now. So. Gotta do some of the money BCNMs, man. Gonna have to. Gotta do some AA runs. Yeah. Get Cal. AA run. AA I runs. I did some AA runs the other day. <laughs> I made about 700k. So. Talking about the uh, the the buying and selling of, to back and forth to an NPC, it kind of brings us into a glitch fest. Um, you want to go ahead and kick that uh, off? Because I know, Quetch, you usually have one. I, I do. I to start off with you. I have one this week as well. So this is, this is Glitchfest. This is the part of the podcast where we take a lighthearted approach to the inevitable uh, glitchiness that, um, you know, uh, a server of this kind of size has. And uh, this past week, I was doing Dynamis Valkyrm. We had a couple of crazy things happen, actually. Um, uh, okay, so one thing that happened is there's these... Uh, fly trap mobs you guys know the ones right the fly traps are like little they got little sprouts and they're like thin and y'all know what i'm talking AOE about right? sleep on them everything yeah so aoe sleep poison everything mm -hmm. so um part of our alliance found themselves in like a field of them and they were constantly spamming their status effects and in such a way that nobody could wake up <laughs> everybody was stuck there sleeping and they so the people from that part of the line started streaming it for us. They were like perma stun locked with with sleeps, and we're just like, well, you guys are on your own. Like we could send somebody out there, but we're just gonna get stuck with y'all. <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you not get out of that? Can you just like cast cure outside of range on one of them to get them out? Uh, that, because if it's like a one minute timer, as soon as it wears, it sounds like they were reapplying. They were reapplying it. it. Stack. Right. They were. So it was being reapplied. If it reapplies, then couldn't you cast cure on one of them early? Or were I they think they did like eventually break that cycle by uh, well, they were overlapping. So like it'd be like thirty oh. seconds would go by and they just get reslept. Our our alliance would get reslept. I think they did eventually get out of it, but uh, I was just that was just really kind of surreal. This weird miasma of like fly traps, like putting in a nightmare lock in Dynamis Valkyrie. You know, it's like it's like a nightmare zone. It was just really this kind of weird experience. But also in that same zone, we were fighting the Gubu 
NM that you have to kill to remove the charm effect from the main boss. And uh, that was charming like every, I don't know if it's a percentage thing, but we were just, we'd be charmed, we'd get uncharmed, we'd be able to fight it for like 10 seconds and then we'd all get charmed again. But that's not the glitchy part. The glitchy part was it charmed us and it walked us up the side of the dunes and over, okay, so there's like, okay, in the dunes to the secret beach, I think this is a secret beach area, but the same concept, there's, the, there's this place and there's the tunnel and then there's the next part of the dunes. We walked over the tunnels, like following this goo as it's like trying to go, you know, find the other Alliance members and go kill them. And um, I just, like, I, ha I took a, the tiniest bit of video I could get while I realized what was going on. But, like, here we are trudging over this, like, part of Valkyrie Dunes. And we're coming towards a just sheer black cliff of, like, no more, no more zone data. You know, it's, like, the end of the, the mesh or whatever. And we're just like, oh, no, not like this. <laughs> like, we see the black void below. We're like, he's going to take us down there, isn't he? Um... Luckily, we kind of like scooted, like he, he pulled us past it and we got over and we got like uncharmed, like we were on the sand, so everything was fine, but um, it was kind of hilarious. It took us on a journey. I want to see that clip because that is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I managed to get because like we were, we were falling <laughs> apart, man. It was too funny. I actually have one this week too. Oh. It's nothing crazy like Quetches. But uh, during mine and DA's escapades of camping a monster Sigma staff for the last, like, you know, week. <laughs> um, we got bored and we were messing around. I had to do, like, slash sit chair, you know, so that you sit down on your little chair and you're chilling. And um, I didn't realize that this would cause mobs to aggro because I don't remember that causing mobs to aggro. But they do when you sit in a chair, which is weird. And I think it's a glitch, too. But the glitch that I actually thought was hilarious, and DA got to see it, is I'm sitting on the chair, I aggro a mob, my paladin's sitting there, it's missing, it's missing, it's missing, it finally hits me and I shield block, and then my character stands up, and the shield is gone. But it's still there. So I'm sitting there just blocking with my forearm over and over again, while <laughs> the thing's trying to kill me, and it stayed like that. The entire time I was out there. I swapped the shield off, put it back on, no shield. It was it was a super weird glitch. As soon as I warped out and went to a different zone, it reset. But it was uh it was kind of funny. That's pretty badass. It is yeah, you your arm as a shield. <laughs> you even still run, you know, like when you run with a shield, your arms like tucked up and you run. Like a slam. You still run with it, <laughs> so your arms just all up there. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Let's see, you got any you got any um, glitches? No, only glitch that I keep running into is the black screen after being in an alliance for a while. That's literally it. And it's no. all alliance stuff, or is it still it, it a lot of the like, time? It yeah. just seems like if I'm in a, a, in a, a full alliance with three full parties and we do anything for a significant amount of time, like if I do Dynamis, I'm guaranteed when I get warped back, whether it's from Dynamis or from outside, um, even when I get warped out of Dynamis naturally because the timer is over, um, mm -hmm. I will load into a black screen every you time. Still, almost guarantee, almost guarantee. Wow. Yeah. Question: You run into that with your dynamics? I haven't done anything. I don't have as many friends as you guys, so occasionally when I get warped out of dyna, maybe maybe twice, maybe twice. I I remember one time it happening, but not mm. in general. No. Hmm. What Eric say? Blame Linux. Yeah. That is what he said. <laughs> 
I think I, th- I think with both of them doing Dynamis and LTL getting it a lot more than Quench, I think it's uh, Blue Mitch's fault. So they should just... <laughs> yes, it's got to be it. I'm assuming it's, it's probably one of the add-ons I'm using, but I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I might have to rotate. Uh, there was definitely one that when Horizon officially or first came out, there was something with the texture pack or mapping yeah. or something like that that was causing a lot of issues with loading in for your initial pet scene or something of that sort. I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, but yeah, it's, it could be something like that that you're getting more often than not. Uh, eventually, I'll get there to be able to see if I run into it as well. Makes me think it's a client good. issue. I don't run anything like that. So if I get to that point and I don't have that issue, well, it's, it's your add-ons. What was that funk? Gotta be it. It makes me think it's a client issue because if LTL is running into it and Quetch isn't, or Cladris isn't, you know, it, it has to be something locally instead of server side. Because I was watching streamers when it first released and there is nonstop black screens because everyone had the texture back basically. Mm-hmm. And people figured out that was it. Maybe too many resources or something. Uh, server, computer side depends on your specs in your computer, who knows, but probably has everything to do with it, you know. I have the most powerful computer that one can buy at home, so it's definitely not my computer's oh. fault. Yeah, yeah, I ran. I mean, the client's old as hell, though. I ran the texture pack pretty much nonstop since release, and a lot of that. So the, a lot of that early black screening stuff they had to take care of code-wise. It was definitely a server issue, a server communication issue that they have resolved basically, but there's it still lingers a little bit. No, that's what Eric said. It was basically a packet resolution issue. It would send the packet for you to zone and then never get the response. So it would just black screen you out and kick you. Yeah. So the server has you planted there. People can come look at you on the other side of the zone that you zone through, but you never get the response to know that that's where you're there now. It has happened in retail too. So it's not just a private server hmm. thing. It's just more common. Interesting. I do remember seeing like posts on Reddit. What's well, going on here? It's just the same exact black screen. All you can see is characters and models of NPCs, but that's it. I've got a lot less of them. It still can be there, but it's not something I constantly worry about every time I zone, unless I'm in specifically Juno. Juno, I get hit with it every now and then. I think that's the most common. Uh, Funk, did you have anything from retail days that's gone past? Any glitches that you remember? Okay, I have three here. Three good ones okay. I picked out from this is we're just talking about COP no not C, yeah, COP and Zillart. There could right. be more afterwards, but we're talking Horizon era. So the first one is a March festival, as JP called it. So after the update, I'm not I forget which one it is, but this is I think it's October, I want to say two thousand five or something like that. So after an update, an error a bug occurred where Bard's using March with instruments called the Royal Spearman's Horn Plus One or Royal Spearman's Horn Plus Two, which came from Conquest Points. Since then, these items were removed from the game. If you sing marches with those songs, you get a massive boost in effectiveness. So the, the buff was not given to other March Plus instruments, only these two. So Jaller Horn was not affected. But during this glitch, it was reported that dur- the duration of March was up to 30 minutes at the low end, 90 minutes at the high end. <laughs> According to Japanese websites, the March glitch was said to have given players unimaginable speed. So two-handed weapons would swing like a one-hander, <laughs> daggers would swing like hundred fists, and a monk could hold the head comfortably without provoke. <laughs> so bone crafters are making. So I guess it wasn't conquest because bone crafters are making his horns, and they mentioned it was unex, unexpected, extraordinary income from making <laughs> making selling his horns. 
It's corrected after the October 28th emergency maintenance and the horns were removed. So it's only a few days, but it's still pretty funny. Holy shit. Yeah, I want to sing my songs and have them last, you know, 30, 90 minutes and just be like, all right, guys, I'm going to go have a sandwich and watch <laughs> TV. Okay. Another one else has to do with delay. So it's the 999 delay exploit. So basically, an infinite inserts in certain fists. So after an update, using a weapon with 999 delay with a multi-hit weapon skill, players will receive more than 100 TP. At the time, this was equivalent to 1,000 TP that retail has today. I don't know if you guys have 100, 100 still on Horizon or what, but oh, you, if you would use... Okay, so if you use weapon skill like a certain fist with this weapon, you get TP again. You just sit there spamming in the certain fist over and over again because you get TP instantly after you used it. So you don't have to melee at all. So oh, it's yeah. basically in, infinite a certain fist. Your TP return was based on your delay. Your delay was 999. Was that the Relic Knuckles I think they might have been using? Yeah, most likely the Relic Knuckles, yeah. Because you also have... Well, the sword from the Dark Knight is that it's probably six six six, isn't it? Yeah, the one from the Dark Knight quest. It's six, okay, six, so it must have been like the relic knuckles or something. They're not very many with nine 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 delay. It's all the relic weapons, basically. So even with one damage or whatever it is, you still got a whole TP instantly. Yeah, you zero fists more than you auto attack. Even with a one damage, you'd still produce better. Think of the animations on that, though. The colors <laughs> and the lights. <laughs> Fireworks constantly. So here's one to leave you guys off with. Um, so you haven't Virtua yet, right? We just got Virtua. Yeah, Virtua oh. exists. Oh. And, uh, there's, oh, I forgot. Yeah, there's only one Link Shell that can kill it. But, you know, it exists. It's on the server. Who's that? that? I may or may not have the title. Um, but yeah, no, we've got it down. Nobody else. Others have tried. I think uh, another link shell uh, <laughs> tried. We were at it for like 45 minutes, got virtual to 97%, and then decided it wasn't worth it and went home. But yeah, so, there's, there's one link shell that can, build, that can kill it. it just I'm came watching out like LTL's that. head swell as he talks. Just... <laughs> He's such a bold man. <laughs> <laughs> so bold. Yeah, congrats, man. You guys server first. Congrats. Yeah. On all three. We have server first on all three worms. Oh, hold on. Get a little. So did they change the spawn time or location or anything at all for that? Um, oh, thank you, V. Thank you. <laughs> no, it, um, <clears throat> it spawns in the same place. Um, it's got like a 72 hours. And then it uh, after, se is it 72? I think it's after 72. I, again, I'm talking out of my ass here. I don't know exactly. Um, but it's like, I think after three days, it uh, can spawn, like, there's like hour long, like, hour, every hour there's a window for, I think, 30 seconds um, after it's, once its window opens, and that's like after 72 hours, I believe. And that's for all. I do follow, I do follow the Horizon news, that's how Eric explained exactly how they spawn. It's like a smaller window, an hour increments instead of half hour, yeah. I think it was, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just recently so, changed that. So on topic of Virtra, you can, I don't know if uh, it's possible on Horizon. I'm sure they fixed it. But on the Lakshmi world, Virtra was found near Spook at one time. Really? Yes. Yeah, so it is said that an unknown player may have aggroed him and used like third-party tools to teleport himself back to Spook. So POS hacked back to Spook. Mm -hmm. And Virtra followed him there, like teleported over to him. So, oh, so somehow Virtra was sitting in the area of Spook. So 
It'd be a hell of a surprise. Not to that clear. <laughs> surprise. Go out there and can't spook you. Like I'm going to get this back piece, and then all of a sudden, Bertrand. <laughs> it's not known if it's on a purpose or a mistake, but a GM ended up killing it after GM call. Uh, they said it was said that the GM swung every eight seconds or so and did like eight percent damage to it back then. But it was pretty funny though. I imagine just walking around the corner and seeing Virtra drag you in and kill you because it wouldn't go back to its spawn. It just sat, sat there stuck at spook. Oh, we wouldn't That's go back. That's no, not, so go back, funny. It sat there after you died. Yeah. Because so it there has are, to walk that... back to its place, and you can't get back down that area without like accepting mm-hmm. the travel down there. So, right. Yeah, makes sense. Yep. So there are pictures on my history pages of this, and there's pictures of Virtus sitting there at Spook. So if you ever get, I can post these, and I'll post these ones as well in the Discord after this. I definitely have your uh, links as well that I'm going to make sure we put in the description of this video. So we also yes. have everybody can go to the the development page. We have a couple of links that we've talked about today as well that they can go uh, through the descriptions to be able to pull up. But anybody got any wrap-up questions for Funk here? Because this has been a wonderful trip down the old 2004-2005 memory lane with COP, Zillart, and all the all the little bells and whistles that he's been more in-depth and fingers and hands-on with that pass. I can't imagine how much scavenging you had to do for all that. So anybody got any other questions? No. I just want to say I've used BG Wiki more than I want to admit. <laughs> I'm constantly lost. Uh, well, we appreciate you using it. I, I have one. So there's a tale that you and DA might have been in the same link shell at one point in the past. And I was wondering what the story was there. I think he was more of a lurker. I, I was always in his streams, that's for sure. Um, I do have one memory of DA watching his streams. I'll share this. Oh, Remember no. when you were... <laughs> It isn't a bad memory, so no, no worries. But I remember that you always did, did Neo's Nizu Isle every time and the I. was up. Mm-hmm. You loved your Saga Singer. At island level, you used your Saga Singer to steal those buffs from you know, the Oh, yeah. Part. Yeah. Yep. I just I always remembered using that instead of a more da- powerful sword. Instead of just killing the thing instantly, you rather mm-hmm. get the buff. <laughs> it's just something that stuck with me all the time. It's just... Dirk DA using a saga singer all the time. Not it fan. was fun to steal things. I I, <laughs> I I love stealing. It's like, oh look, you know, thirty minute. Um, uh, what is it? Um, blaze fire. Uh, the uh, blaze spice. Blaze, blaze spice. spice. Thirty minute blaze spice. You just randomly steal. It was garbage damage, but it was a saga <laughs> singer, man. That's why I was in. That's why I was in the offhand, I believe. I think it was in the it's offhand. It's the meta. You just wanted buff for yeah. Blaze it, it was. Ball. You'd see a new icon appear at the top. You're like, Ooh, what's that? You look at it. You're like, that's a buff that I know, but I've never had it for an hour. Well, too bad Neo and Azul Isles only twenty to thirty minutes on there. I forgot all about the saga singer, man. Wow. Yep. I got I, that out of I was ball. deeply hoping that he was going to be like, remember that time you shit yourself on stream? Oh, I just got to bring <laughs> that up, bro. <laughs> I do remember you having your uh, your son work, play the game with you back then. Not not recently on Horizon, but back then. I'm sitting next to you and teaching him the game. Oh, trying to teach him the game. Yeah, he's... Yep. Yeah, I don't want to get him in that rabbit hole of this. But, oh, yeah, yeah that's those memories, man. I, I do remember, like I said, being in your stream every time I see you go live. 
I'm in there being able to check those data files because I want to be on top of whatever comes down the pipes. Um, and if I knew how to, to get that item or be first one to do it, I remember when Dynamis D, I think it was, first came out and you, um, they were releasing. I think it's the Dynamis D. Is that the name of it? I haven't yeah. been in retail. Divergence. Di we call it Divergence. Dynamis that's D. it. Yeah. The first day it came out, like we, when you were going through the patch notes, I followed you through and i knew how to be able to kind of unlock it i was the first one uh, i was world first into dynamis d on retail <laughs> and on asura i didn't do anything i just entered it and uh got my got my ass clapped um but i at least <laughs> went into it first and i felt pretty special on that so i got to give you credit and thank you how did you do that it takes three people to get in I, no, uh, i was in i have a video of it mm. i don't know how unless some uh, two other people were with me mm. but I remember going in. Okay. I'd like to see the video on that. That's weird. I'm going to pull it. I'm going to pull it. I'm going to pull it. three people to get in there. So I'm you're pressing back to pull that out. clip? I have to. you're going to have to pull the clip I'm I mentioned a minute ago. I'm not pulling the shit clip. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but uh, yes, Funk, I appreciate you coming by. We're going to have all the links to everything that we've discussed today in the description. Um, so we can, you might have some Horizon people coming by, checking out the data files and the live streams and some more people checking out the history of Vendor Deal for all the newcomers we have. I want to appreciate you uh, and give you a thank you for uh, joining us today for this uh, interview. I didn't expect it to be this long and this detailed, but when you start diving into the history and past with the passion that you have, um, it definitely gives us, I would say, more questions. Every answer you have gave us two more questions to be able to ask. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. And I hope everybody enjoys the project. And I do appreciate you having me here. It's nice to meet you, LTL and Caladrius. And I do have followed you, Quetch, on YouTube. And I've watched streams and such. And it's nice to talk to you for yeah. once. Yeah, actually talk in person. Yeah, it's first, uh, our first time. Thank yeah, you for so coming on, Great. Oh, you're yeah, welcome. And if you ever need a guest in the future, if when it is TOAU, I'd be happy to come back and talk to TOAU, talk about TOAU in the past. and. The salvage bands and all that, that'd be amazing to talk about and discuss. I can't wait. Can't wait for the salvage <laughs> bands. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the episode six on here. I appreciate everyone that stopped by. Remember, please check out the Discord. That is, again, linked in the descriptions that we have to be able to have engagement with each one of the members of the community. Um, check the links as well that we're posting in there. And please feel free to do all the clicks, likes, subscribes, supporting of the channel. We do read all the comments. Uh, whether they're bold or you're in Gideus too much. But I want to say thank you so much for being able to come out and uh, have a great rest of the day. See you in Gideus. <laughs>